Hello everyone and welcome back to Pot Sai Sai and uh, here on this podcast we discuss all things Cox Sai related. Uh, my name is Rachel. And I'm Shelley. Uh, and we're part of the group Cox Sai Sai which stands for Cognitive Science in Science Education where a group of us science teachers just all likes to talk about evidence-based pedagogy and think about how to use it in our classrooms basically. Cool. And then in today's episode, we are going to welcome uh, a, another guest. So we've got Deepika Narula, who's going to discuss another core element of Rosenshine's principles of instructions with us. So this one is going to focus on checking for understanding. So thank you so much, Deepika, for joining us. Um, do you want to just take a moment to introduce yourself? Hi, thank you, Rachel and Shelley, for inviting me to Podsai I am Deepika Narula. I, I teach chemistry and I've been teaching for more than 10 years now. Uh, I'm teaching in a school in Hertfordshire, St. Albans School, and I'm excited to share my journey about checking for understanding with you guys. Yeah, because Woo-hee. so the link here is, did you, you met Rachel at the, at the Cogsai conference this year, is that what happened? I think I, I briefly said hello, but not had like conversations. It was too busy. No, I think, um, you know, I, I went to listen to Deepika's talk. Oh. Um, after mine and it was really interesting because all of the uh, exam I really like the examples that mm-hmm. you said I think it was some of the um there were loads of ways that you've mentioned I, that I've never thought of before which I thought oh actually you know what that's a really cool and interesting way of 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 you know testing them and it's really cool so um but yeah I was really glad when you reached out basically saying that you know you enjoyed our episode oh. before and I was like oh yeah I finally liked it um yeah. And um, but it was great that you want to talk to us more about it, and I, I'm sure we can learn loads from. So you just remind me, Deepika, well. what was the title of your talk uh, um, in Manchester? I think it, it was on diagnostic questions. Mm-hmm. Diagnostic nice. questions, you know, basically using best evidence science resources, which I think we'll talk about and, more during the episode. Yep. Wonderful. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah. So we've chosen um, to talk to. The, well, you've, you've, you've chosen to talk about checking for understanding yeah. today, which <laughs> I think, in my mind, um, I don't know if you guys agree, but there's all these words that mean similar but slightly different. So we've got checking for understanding. Um, we also he- hear about checks for listening, actually, which is a slightly different thing, but also mm-hmm. in the same mm. uh, yeah. uh, zone, I guess. We've got assessment for learning. We've got formative assessment, mm-hmm. um, yep. which all have... They're all slightly different. But um, so for assessment for learning and formative assessment, Dylan William is, is a fantastic um, source of information. And I'm actually at my school uh, helping to run his embedding formative assessment project, which has been really exciting. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, I think today we'll, d- we'll definitely dive into checking for understanding from the Rosenshine's, um, the Rosenshine's principles angle. Um, but I just wanted to mention mm-hmm. those other words that people are probably familiar with. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we're going to sort of, give you a few questions and see how the discussion flows. But I suppose the first yep. thing is just what what is it that you understand by checking for understanding and why do you think it's something that's, and why is it important in your classroom, basically? Uh, I think I came to know about checking for understanding quite late in my career. I knew it as formative assessment mm-hmm. and uh, I knew checking for understanding term when I was reading Rosenstein's principle of instruction as a part of a book club on Twitter, uh, which was science practice group 
during COVID times. And uh, I, I was wondering, like, oh, what, what is this checking for understanding? I have never, like, is it, is it something that I have missed on? Uh, but while I was reading and while I was engaging with it, what I came to realize is the sole aim for checking for understanding is that the message the teachers are sending when we are explaining any any or imparting any knowledge to our students, are they receiving that? Are they uh, understanding whatever we are explaining? Can they explain? As I think learning is not visible, uh, we can't see checking for understanding uh, by just looking at our classroom. So we have to devise ways in which we can see mm-hmm. how what our students are mm-hmm. understanding while we are teaching, are they yeah. getting the message? And if mm-hmm. if our listeners have read Rosenshine's principle, there is a graphic uh, in which there is a teacher and they are re- sending the message and then there are a couple of students and then there is message received. So the yeah. message that we are sending, is it being received? For me, that is important, that whatever I am trying to teach, are my students understanding it? And uh, as we know, uh, that schemas are built um mm. you know in a it, it's a long-term process mm-hmm. mm, so yeah. i think it is very important for me as a teacher that when i'm imparting knowledge am i embedding knowledge in their schemas so and i was is, just gonna just to add yeah. something to that as well i think you're absolutely right mm-hmm. about uh, is the message being received but i think you can also even add mm-hmm. in is it being received correctly um so yeah. when I was, I was doing a little bit of yeah. reading before and a quote that I read was checking for understanding helps students to learn with fewer errors because if you're spending a lot of time and they've you know developed even the slightest mm-hmm. misconception that's what's going to be embedded um so actually mm-hmm. I in this article that I read so it was, where was it? I think it was on teacher toolkit and it was called American Educator mm-hmm. or something it says there's two purposes for checking mm-hmm. for understanding which I really liked so one was to alert the teacher to when the content needs to be retaught and the other one was to mm-hmm. actually help mm-hmm. with that developing the schema so to help them elaborate and make those connections in their brain for the longer term learning so yeah, I thought that was super interesting um, and I think it also informs you about any misconceptions as well yeah so exactly. because yeah. you're engaging in a dialogue so uh, for us as educators, some of the misconception we will know from our experience. Mm-hmm. I was shocked. The more I do it, the more misconceptions or uh, not even misconceptions, the students not being understanding what I am saying mm-hmm. has mm. surfaced. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And actually, that's interesting because it's something that's really important to do in every lesson as well, mm-hmm. whenever you teach something, because... I myself often find that I would realize that when it comes to marking tests and yeah. and and uh, exams, and I and, and I realize, oh wow, quite a few of them had this concept embedded, which is completely wrong. So actually, it would be interesting to hear some t- tips in terms of how we can do this, and then like you know, in our everyday teaching, and something that you know, and things to look out for. I think would be really good as well. So, nice. Yes. Um... What else was I going to say about and, that? I, I was about to add something as well. Yeah. Even though I do it, but I still feel there is a lot I can improve. Every time I do a check for understanding or like yourself, I am marking uh, their work or any test and I will still figure out like, oh, 
so it's still there <laughs> so yeah, yeah. definitely yeah. so uh, it, it just is a, a, you go i say an example um for mm-hmm. me is so in my old school there was a teacher who i was absolutely fascinated by because there was so like mm-hmm. i don't know how many questions were asked in that classroom in one lesson so many and it was quick fire high energy the kids were hooked and they and they were following Mm -hmm. but and I sort of absorbed that this like quick fire questions bam 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 and then I read about Mm -hmm. wait time which we'll talk more about later maybe and I was just like hang on I am giving these students no wait time like Mm -hmm. just literally the one person I'm asking is the person thinking about it which links to something we've spoken about before participation ratio yeah and um so that is something actually that I um have realized um um yeah that yeah still things to work on so um there's all there's always yeah. room room to always. improve isn't there yeah um cool so the next thing then you know you've already mentioned i think we were talking about the rosenshine's principles of instructions mm-hmm. uh book that little red yeah. book oh, wait, that's in, yeah. in action isn't it um yeah what is there anything else that you have read or like research or blogs or talks you've been to um about checking for understanding that you found particularly interesting or anything you want to share or recommend basically i think i started off with reading books and i started off with reading books uh i recently did a charter teacher course and i i am not like a great reader so i struggle to read reading is not my hobby Mm -hmm. but i think through that course i developed a habit of reading and i started to believe in educational research and uh, so the first few one of the first few books that i read was rosenshine's principle but what helped me embed this in my uh, actual teaching and improve it better uh, improve it even further is um, i think i started following tom sherrington reading his blogs even more and i was wondering like oh my god there are so many blogs how can i you know uh, read all of them so i started like you know going on at my pace and uh, while i was reading few books i came across um, uh, responsive teaching by harry fletcher wood as well mm-hmm. and that is when i was introduced to the idea of diagnostic questions and mm-hmm. what is uh, what i liked about that book is when uh, i am sure you have experienced that as well whenever you are being observed or whenever you are um, you know learning to teach a lesson in the early uh, time of your teaching um, I have often heard people saying to me that, oh, you should adapt your lessons. You should be able to adapt your lesson. And I think because I never observed somebody or I never, it, or it wasn't modeled to me what that actually looked like, mm-hmm. I I didn't realize until I started to implement uh, that check for understanding. And uh, that book by Harry Fletcher Wood, it actually talks about scenarios and how mm. the teacher can be responsive and how you can adapt. And I think it was by trial and error when I started uh, doing more check for understanding, uh, I came to realize, okay, I can do that. And I think it was, I was in a, like, a, like a comfort zone. I didn't want myself to put out. And also I think as teachers, we don't have enough time to go mm-hmm. and observe other people who are adapting or who are being responsive and i think one of the uh, like penny dropping moment for me was when i mm, went to research at surrey and i think it was in 2021 and i i went to tom sherrington's session 
And I think because I have read his book, I have read his blogs and I thought it will be good to see him talk. And what he did was he actually showed us how he asked a question and he did a cold call. And at that time, I felt like, actually, what my students will be feeling. I was very scared. Mm-hmm. And then uh, he he did probing as well. Luckily, he didn't pick me up, which I was very glad. For, <laughs> I think that modeling, it helped me, like it gave me confidence that I can actually go and trial it out. Mm-hmm. And there was one such scenario where there were new trainee teachers who came to observe my lesson. And I was explaining this schooling curve for steric acid and i think uh, this is the example that i mentioned uh, in cox's i talk as well uh, where the curve was plateauing and when i started to do check for understanding what i did was uh, and this is one thing tom uh, talked about as well that sample take a sample of your uh, uh, students answers not just go with one student mm-hmm. and yeah, during that sampling i realized mm-hmm. a lot of my students didn't understand that where the graph was plateauing the temperature didn't change and mm-hmm. it was like a shocking moment because i've been teaching them by for how long like eight years and i didn't check for that whether my students understand what that means so i think these little moments like penny dropping moments when i do check for understanding are like oh my god i have been teaching for so long and i didn't check that so i think this is what i am learning in my learning journey as a teacher uh how so a couple of my yeah just before we move on then a couple of reading shout outs then so it's um we've both read rosenshine's principles in action yeah you you Mm -hmm. um you recommended responsive teaching by harry harry fletcher wood yeah uh tom sherrington's blog teach ahead research sorry cogsci conference everyone should come Mm um great so i think what you were just talking about there actually um leads us on nicely to talk about our next question which is just about what sorts of strategies actually have you tried for checking under, uh, checking for understanding and what's what's worked well for you um so i try to ask a lot of questions uh mm-hmm. but before i ask a lot of questions so i'm just going to go back a few years back uh in, in my teaching career i used to go with just keen beans so if i ask a question uh somebody puts their hand up so i will go on in fact i would sometimes you know panic that oh, come on, please, somebody answer. Somebody puts their hand up or, uh, you know, so that was my strategy. And I think when I started to do uh, check for understanding, one thing I read in the book was, and one thing what Tom says a lot of time is that you need to check not for one student, but for all of them. What are they understanding or what message they are receiving? So I started off with no hands up and it, it was quite difficult to embed because our students are so used to putting their hands up and some students don't like it as well. So if you tell them that, oh, no, I'm not going to go with hands up. So you have to explain. So what I felt is whenever you are going to start with any strategy or if you are implementing something new in your teaching, uh, maybe explaining your rationale. For example, I started telling students that why I am saying no hands up is because I want to know what X, Y and Z are thinking as well i love that i know always you give the that's why. really good yeah yeah that's what we talked about yeah before always. as well because they will make a face or they will then dis- disengage mm-hmm. so i have to explain mm. to uh 
the students who are getting or who I know will get it and they will know the right answer that the reason why I'm not letting you speak is because I want to see what other students are understanding what 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 they are going to say and if yeah. their answer is wrong my job as a teacher is to make sure they understand the right content or mm -hmm. I can explain it again but mm -hmm. I would so, not know if I have to explain again yeah so when you say no hands up it's essentially the same yeah. as cold calling right but it's a different name uh yeah I would say so yeah uh, because yeah, so we yeah, we've had a so, I was yeah. in a, a, a CPD session at my school not too long ago yeah. and there was mm -hmm. a big debate about cold call and I think basically everyone mm -hmm. thinks that name everyone has it has negative connotations I think because it's got the word cold mm -hmm. in it yeah. so we we yeah. uh, renamed it to sensitive cold call uh, yeah. also bearing in <laughs> yes. mind you know sort of uh, maybe well-being issues SEN mental health yeah. etc um, but that's one but I also yeah so no hands up I think is a good a good name as well but so I just is want to throw another question. Another name... Sorry, just, isn't there another name called directed questioning, which is something I quote? I don't know. There is mm. more because, or targeted there questioning, is... questioning, yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. targeted questioning, yeah. Because you are never randomly picking someone, isn't it? Because yes, cold call is means true. it could it could mean both, but yeah. you're not ever randomly questioning any student. You're actually targeting, targeting like yeah. who you want that's to true. ask the question to. Yeah. So I guess that's another thing as well. But yeah, yeah there's, knowing there's a your whole students, thing behind it. Yeah, knowing your mm -hmm. students yeah. really well to be able to do that. So so linked yeah, to this yeah. as well, I wonder what you think about, so mm -hmm. Pritesh Raichura recently wrote a blog about how yeah. he uses, for checking for understanding, not no mm -hmm. hands up, all hands up. Mm -hmm. How would that go down in yeah. your classroom? Because this has been a big I, I've heard that before. I think <laughs> it's relatively, is it relatively new? Kind of? Yeah, I think he wrote about it quite recently. Yeah. Yeah, he he did he did wrote about it, and I I read about it, and I was like, mm, I think there there to do that you need a whole school culture. If you yeah. try to do it yourself, and I think you will be fighting against. Yeah. To to be perfectly honest, I'm because I'm starting a new school. Um, in my new school, I'm gonna try yeah. to do that, but um, mm -hmm. we'll see how it goes. That's yeah. that's that's another discussion for another time. Yeah, maybe 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 you can explain your rationale behind it. <laughs> and then Oh yes, the why. Yeah, so, the why. The why So aside yeah, it's just moving on, sorry. Um yeah. I'm looking at the clock. Um with no hands so you said no hands up already. I think everyone sort of agreed on mm -hmm. some sort mm -hmm. of uh not not accepting hands up, whether it be all hands up, no hands up, targeted questioning, whatever it might be. What other strategies mm -hmm. is it? I know this, I think this is one of Tom Sherrington's ones. What other strategies does he talk about which are really useful for checking for understanding? I, I think he, he talks about no opt out as well, but mm -hmm. I am not really great at doing that. So, in mm -hmm. case somebody says, I don't know, you sample the class, you take a few answers, and if somebody has said an answer correctly, so you go back to that student who said, I don't know. Uh, to see if they were listening or maybe increasing means of participation but i think i don't think so i can do that really well mm -hmm. but what i i like doing more of is choral response mm -hmm. and i think i have had good success with that because yeah. uh, when you are teaching mixed abilities students or if you have students in your class who are anxious or who have ASEAN needs what i felt is they feel comfortable 
or if they know the answers they they will be like you know have that confidence that they can shout out the answer next time mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. uh, i think uh, then i use think pair share a lot as well mm-hmm. and i use mini whiteboards uh, mm-hmm. and again giving them thinking time and i think if i am asking uh, a one word answer or a multiple choice question uh, sometimes i ask them to write down their reason on mini whiteboard because once i have given them question they have had a chance to think and they have had an answer then i'm going to probe them so while i am sampling my class i will be not just going with the answers but i will be asking them why so yeah. asking the why sometimes informs me that oh yeah it was a guess so i don't know the reason i just guessed it and sometimes it is an educated guess so they have deleted the possible choices if it is a multiple choice question for example some uh, one resource that i often use in my lessons is the best evidence resources mm-hmm. and they mm-hmm. are like multiple choice questions sometimes they are uh, cartoon strip type and where you can have discussions with your students mm-hmm. and just probing them why do they think that answer is right or wrong and it, it is quite funny sometimes when they are listening to other students answers sometimes they tell me that oh miss i am changing my answer i think they are right it was quite mm-hmm. uh, yeah i think it is again like building that culture where they feel safe enough to change their answers it, it yeah. is quite important That's it. Actually, that reminded me of two things. I'm just gonna very quickly share because I know the time as well. You, you mentioned about the changing answers bit. There's a tip that I picked up from a colleague mm-hmm. two years ago, where um, you would ask a question. Mm-hmm. Um, like it could be a one word answer or not. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. You would ask a question, and then you pick someone to answer it, and then they give the answer, and then without giving that answer. Like it would just go okay. I don't know. Get back. Um, I don't, can't think of a question. Okay. Uh, which part of a plant cell uh, does photosynthesis? Okay. Mm-hmm. And then you ask a student, and they go, okay, chloroplast. Mm-hmm. And then you go, okay, good. And then you immediately direct the same question to another person in the room. Yeah. And then you can see them thinking because they would <laughs> think, why is the teacher why? asking the same question yeah. to me? And they would think, oh, maybe that person, the first student. Uh, that the answer that the first student gave was actually wrong, and then they would change their answer, even though the mm. first person is actually correct. Because that's the thing, isn't it? People, t- teachers only tend to do that, or they say, um, "They have, mm, let me just see what someone else thinks." You only do that normally when they're wrong. So do it sometimes when exactly. they're right. Exactly. Yeah, I love yeah. that. So it's like playing into that psychology, which I love it because yeah. it was really funny to see them kind of panicking mm-hmm. a little bit because they Definitely. think chloroplast is the correct answer, but now because I'm questioning it. They are now got to confirm and, it. Yeah, yeah. got to make exactly. all the connections. And, yeah. and and then suddenly everyone else in the room is suddenly thinking, "Oh wait, is that the right answer or not?" And you would do this maybe like, you know, I I think I usually do it for two for three people. Yeah. Um, and then you go, okay, either you go, well done, all of you gave me the correct answer, or or you can then address that issue yeah. because if you ask the third person and then they're like oh wait those two are not the correct answers but you, that really tests them for their understanding yeah. i think and it really makes them question it um and i've done that before and i've done it quite a few times in the same lesson and the students mm-hmm. will either get more and more confident on their own answer yeah. or the same trick yeah. applies um that's one thing that is quite easy to do because <laughs> yeah. you just go 
And then the other thing that you mentioned about multiple choice question as well, um, mm-hmm. something mm-hmm. I picked up on, I, I'm not, again, I don't do this very well because mm-hmm. I struggle to think of examples, mm-hmm. but something that Bill Wilkinson did before is a two-part multiple choice question. Oh, yes. Yeah, I, yeah, you probably heard this before. It's yeah. like, it's it. you get one multiple choice question and then it, I don't know, it's like which of the following uh, of the, which which organelle below does photosynthesis in a plant cell and you get the options and then the second part is because and then yeah. you present them with other options as well so it That's kind right. of like does that as as a two-part thing i'm not very good at that i must admit but it's something that i want to try as well but what you said deepika there it just reminded me of these two things yeah. that especially yeah, the the oh, sorry two-part questions yeah yeah oh okay is that yeah. Oh. I think we're using Sorry, them. So we're um doing a new curriculum starting with our year sevens in our year mm-hmm. and our GCSE. Um and we have in the resources used some of the best and multiple choice questions, I think, as our as our sort of hinge questions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In, mm-hmm. You know, in, in our department planning. So yeah, looking forward to seeing how they how they go actually. Um but I was mm-hmm. also just gonna say, because by the way, I never know, is it called choral response or is it call yeah. and response? I don't know. Choral. choral. Like chorus. chorus. But it like could be call and, because your teacher calls and they respond. <laughs> anyway, um, always always a question in my mind. Um, yeah, so you mentioned cor- 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 choral response, uh, yeah. think pair share, and then mini whiteboards. Yeah. And I love that, yeah. that sequence, actually, because you've got your choral response, which I love doing, and I also think it brings a really mm-hmm. fantastic energy to the classroom. But that is very surface level, isn't it? That's like memorize this fact, like yeah. just yeah. sort of have it on the surface there. Mm-hmm. Then if you go into think pair share, that's that rehearsal stage. Like just start to mm-hmm. start to have a think about that and start digesting and encoding that. And then the whiteboards is your independent practice, isn't it? It's your sit, yeah. really think about it, probe oh, yeah. and drill it in. Love that. Yeah. Um, that's really nice, that. actually. I didn't mm. think of it that way. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I like that. Love that. Yeah. Um, Even I like it. <laughs> one one other question i do have though is mm-hmm. uh about mini whiteboards love them mm-hmm. but how yeah. do you stop children breaking stealing losing the pens and and the whiteboards getting ruined what's the logistics that was yeah. what's, what's the how do we succeed here so in in my school my uh technicians in science they have put them in wallets so we mm. have them in wallets and there is a pen but often we run out of pens so we keep spare pens mm-hmm. uh, but again um, I think it is all to do with routines so my students as they come in they will pick up a mini whiteboard or sometimes they will just go to pick up a mini whiteboard and I'll tell them no not today so um, in case if they don't have a mini whiteboard and I happen to take a whole class response I do something else as well, which is heads down, thumbs up. Mm-hmm. So taking their answers from heads down, thumbs up, and just you just need to remember who has said what, and uh, uh, so, so then just again, sampling and probing. So that yeah. would be like you ask a question, they've got their heads down, and it might be multiple choice. Like put your thumbs up if you think it's A, put your yes. thumbs up if you think it's B. Okay, yeah, that's nice. Yeah, or it could yeah. be true or false. Oh, actually, that's something that is exactly something I read earlier that again Pratesh wrote about yeah <laughs> which I think is taken but uh, it's like he- um head down and then arms up and it's like a open your open yeah. hand and close hand yeah yeah or something along cool. the lines yeah. oh, or like you have your fist up in the air and then you open your hands if you think the answer is this or 
And then you you said, okay, open your hands if you think the answer is that instead, and like that kind of stuff. Yeah, um, but yeah, there are many ways quick, to easy do it and as well. Too, like, yeah, yeah it, exactly. It's quick, easy. If you don't have many whiteboards and you you need the response, so mm-hmm. that is quick and easy. And I think I watched one of British's video um, on YouTube a while ago, which was on choral response and heads down, thumbs up. But I adapted heads down my own version of headstone thumbs up yeah absolutely <laughs> yeah nice. right do i think we have time to squeeze in one, one more. final mm-hmm. one yeah. more yeah so well i was just going to sort of like wrap it up with my final question actually um mm-hmm. oh, okay cool so we've well we've talked about how so we know that checking for understanding is really important making sure that mm-hmm. our students are learning with fewer errors we've talked about um different strategies that we can use and we've dived into just a couple of them I just thought maybe it'd be nice. The last thing is for us all to just choose a couple, one or two next steps related to checking for understanding because we know it is essential to teaching. Mm-hmm. So, what is it mm-hmm. that you're going to work on maybe for the next few weeks, half term, term? Yeah, I think. What do you think? Uh, just today, I have read British's new blog where uh, <laughs> I think he he talks about three steps, and I think I might need to practice a little bit more on rehearsing. I don't think so. I focus mm-hmm. more on checking for understanding. And I I, I definitely, I, I don't think so I can do all hands up. Maybe I will try doing all hands up to do check for listening. But I think I need to uh, build in more the rehearsal stage. Mm-hmm. So to so, build in fluency, as he says. So what do, you, what do you mean by that? Like what sort of things do you want to be saying and doing in the classroom for that to be happening? I think more to- talk and turn. Okay. So may it may be giving building in more time for talk and turn. Mm-hmm. And uh, especially when I'm introducing something new. Does it say in the blog like how long? Just... How long? Probably yeah. I think maybe planning it a bit more in my uh lesson planning. But because is it like I, is I it like a ten second thing or a thirty second thing or a two minutes? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It has to be shorter. Like probably Short. yeah. Okay. yeah about around 10 seconds if it is longer mm-hmm. they they, uh, they go into talking just go off task so it has yeah. to be yeah this. actually yeah, yeah. The, the, i think that's that's the that's what pradesh recommended in his mm-hmm. blog as well it's just like mm-hmm. like even just say six seconds or five seconds yeah like, i think just do it yeah or, or why i will do is maybe like counting on my fingers as well i saw somebody in uh, you know this is how i i you do my wait time as well i just do one two three on my fingers mm-hmm. and mm-hmm than just stopping them or or you will sense it as well when they when they have finished talking yeah. to each other I think that is such an important step though I, I just I love turn and talk as well because it mm-hmm. just builds confidence of students in the classroom yeah. like and and then you can do your cold call targeted questioning no hands up and yeah. almost everyone in that room will feel confident to answer that because even if they didn't know or if they weren't sure they've just checked in with their neighbor Mm-hmm. They now feel comfortable to do so. And yeah, it's that participation ratio. It's having that um, supportive culture. And yeah, I think that's lovely. Nice. So turn and talk yeah. for you. Rachel, what are you going to be thinking about and doing? Actually, I was going to say Deepa could literally stole the words from my mouth because the other th- I also read Pr- uh, Pratesh's blog and I also wanted to work more on rehearse um, if <laughs> I'm being so honest shout outs on this podcast I know I know like yeah. <laughs> it's disproportionate uh, anyways 
Um, yeah, I also think rehearses is great because um, previously, obviously, we talked a lot about think pair sharing something quite big in teaching, but I've always found it not and always useful. Having said that, because as Debbie mentioned, it de- it does depend on the culture of the of the classroom. Because if you you do think pair share, and then I say, okay, now you have I don't know thirty seconds to you know turn to your partner and discuss this quite often that just becomes chatting Mm -hmm. um and then i will ask obviously i will ask and bounce it from different people say okay okay so and so what's your answer and then bounce it off of someone else and i will then find out that actually they have absolutely no idea what they what they did because they didn't spend that 30 seconds talking to their partners Mm -hmm. and i get quite frustrated with that and so i think actually doing a very short snippet of it like just five seconds okay you're Mm -hmm. just gonna turn and talk for five seconds and that's it um, that would be something I wanted to try. And the other thing I also s- just started trying at the end of last academic year is they would think in silence mm-hmm. for, I don't know, 30 seconds about yeah. the answer. And then I get them to write it down somewhere. Yeah. So it could be write it on the back in the back page of their book or on the mini whiteboard or whatever it is. And then, obviously, if it's a mini whiteboard, you can just ask them to all show it up. Or, but if they write on the back, they was, I would then say, okay, now you've had 30 seconds of silence. Now, 10 seconds, write down and then show it. Show what you've written to your partner. And, and then I say, okay, now can you build your answer? Mm-hmm. So um, it. if it's, even if it's a longer response, they just write it down on the mini whiteboard. I, I got my class sometimes to write, like, it's a four mark question and I want them to write down four bullet points on the main whiteboards and they swap it with the person next to them and then they need to add to each other's boards mm-hmm. and yeah. then the, uh, and then you can then sample obviously the responses from people and I found that the writing down bit a lot more useful mm-hmm. uh, it, it becomes a more useful and effective version of think pair share I don't know if you've had that experience before because my classes in the past definitely chatted when I asked them to share. But I, don't I actually just really but like yeah. what you said about the bit where they can look at each other's and then build on their own rather than adding mm-hmm. to each other's because then it means like from their neighbours they have to choose what is good and what is not good. Like yeah. which information do they want? So they've got to identify correct and incorrect stuff. I think that's nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it worked surprisingly well to the mm-hmm. point where some of them would rather write it on the mini whiteboard first before yeah. writing it in their books if it's a long response answer that I want them to actually do. And um, it, it's surprisingly powerful. Well, I think what you've both said is actually it links exactly to what my targets are going to be for the next term anyway. I think one thing that I really want to master, which I am ashamed to say, is massively underused in my, are massively underused in my classroom, it's mini whiteboards. I use them for quick quizzes now and again, but it is not like it's not a statement of every lesson. We do have a system where we've put them in plastic wallets. We've got the rubbers and the pens in there and a board in there now. They're like numbered so we can hold the students to account if the thing if the, mm-hmm. something's missing. So that system's in place. I just need to really be using them a lot more. And I think that whole thing we said about the core response, I do that. So um, that first. Then we said the turn and talk. I think that's what we said next. Um, yeah. I that's something I do already. So now if I just add in that mini whiteboard, I think that's gonna be really powerful and really allow for that mm-hmm. that probing. And you've both been talking about wait time. I think mm-hmm. that will be that's gonna be important. Like just exactly like you said, saying Deepika, 
having them, them having that chance to like think, stop and think and digest on their whiteboard. But also for me, wait time, I've already said this earlier, but I do have a habit of getting into rapid fire questioning. Maybe it's trying to like keep the students awake or something, but I need, I'm going to, I'm going to switch it. So I'll ask a question and then I'm going to hover, but I'm going to do it. Like the weight is going to be really active. I can like, I like point and like look like I'm looking who I'm going to choose. Um, yeah. <laughs> love doing that stuff. It's like you have to be very dramatic to be. Uh, yeah. I, like, that's the thing. That is the thing. You've got to be dramatic sometimes. Yeah. yeah the, the call and response yeah. and that sort of is, is a bit of a personality thing, isn't it? Like you've got to be a bit eccentric. So. Um, not everyone. Yeah. Oh, that is me. I'll, I don't mind doing that and getting all. <laughs> that was literally what I was saying. It's like I found it sometimes a bit cringy, but that's me. Just, just love the cringe. It's me. Love. Oh, the cringe. I can't. Like, I, I just, I, I, it's so painful. <laughs> I know it's really good. That's why I want to challenge myself mm. in doing that. And I sometimes have done that before, especially, for example, the word alio. Right? They can never say the word alio. It's so silly. So I would actually get them to practice saying the word alio. Yeah, yeah, I know, but no, no, no. But the, I'm saying the students would just say alele or alele. <laughs> like, no, it's it's alio, right? It's not that difficult. And I would say that so many times deliberately. And I still get students like trying to take the mic out of it and say alele. So I actually do correspond yeah. in that sense. I guess that's yeah. oracy, but I don't know. But um, I guess I'll try to challenge myself to do more of that because I think awesome. I can see how it could be useful mm-hmm. for reading people's blogs. Um, I can see how that would be, that would bring, like you said, Shelley, bring the energy up in the classroom and foster that culture that everyone can have a go at it um, and build that confidence. So I can definitely see how it would work well. It just doesn't quite work with my personality sometimes, but yeah. I'm going to try it. I'm going to try it but, and then I'll let you know if, if, I, if I can't take it, then it's not. <laughs> well, I'll and as we have else. heard, as we've heard in this podcast, I mean, that is by no means the only strategy you can use to check for understanding. There are so many. Mm. We've we've spoken about a few. There are loads more. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think whatever There's personality so you have, you will find the checking for understanding techniques for you. You just got to make sure you're doing it. It's just absolutely essential, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Cool. So, yeah, so I think that wraps us up nicely. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, so checking for understanding, once that is now is then done, the next step will sort of be your um, moving on to independent practice, which is what our next episode will be about. Um, I'm very much looking forward to that. Um, but a big thank you, Deepika, for coming and talking to us and sharing a bit about what you spoke about at the conference and also um, things that you um, have enjoyed learning about and trying in, in your teaching career. It's really awesome to, to hear from you. Um, thank you, Rachel, for your input and technical whiz, as always. Um, yeah. and but, thank you to both yeah. of you for oh, writing thank you. Me and starting the site. I love the name. And uh, I, like to, I love talking it. about anything about Cog So really yes. enjoy Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank, thank you. you. And keep, let's uh, keep in touch. And it'd be good to sort of uh, make sure we are uh, holding each other to account on the little targets we've just set. And we can yeah. see how we've yeah. done in a few weeks or months time. Yeah, perfect. Definitely. So, if people wanted to ask any questions, as per usual, um, you can email them to podsci at gmail.com. So, P O D S C I S C I at gmail.com. Or actually, if you've got any questions about Czech for Understanding that you want to ask Deepika directly, you can find her on uh, on Twitter, which is at Mrs. D Narula. So, it's M R S D N A R U 
LA. Um, it'd be great to hear what people think and maybe people you guys can share, listeners can share their ideas on Twitter, anywhere else on that one as well. But yeah, to finish, uh, thank you again, everyone, for listening. Another episode. Uh, if you want to find us, uh, like I said, the email, or you can find Shelly on Twitter, which is S-L-P-A-R-R-Y 14, S-L-P-A-R-R-Y 14. Um, or me, um, Rachel, uh, on Twitter is Spire Project, B-I-O-R-A-C-H-P-R-O-J-E-C-T. Uh, but other than that, just let us know what you think. That's it. Thanks very much for listening. Cog bye-bye, everybody. Cog bye-bye. Cog bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs>